Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. We've been working on this theme, for those who may be visiting, to keep growing and keep going. And uh, last two Sundays, and this is the, the third message that has to do with keep growing and keep going. The first uh, Sunday we, we talked about, uh, how, how can I pray for Faith Bible Church? How, how can I pray for you and you pray for me? How, how, can, we, how can we pray or what, what is it we need to pray? We went ahead and looked at, in Colossians again, in the first chapter, where Paul is responding to hearing about what's going on at Colossae. And by the way, he never met, he had never met any of these believers. He may have known the individuals that started the ministry there at Colossae, but he never met them. That's why this prayer is even more significant. Because he's saying, I've heard about your testimony. What a joy. I hope I can come to see you. But what I, this is what I want you to know. I'm praying for you. And we broke it down to three parts. You have spiritual discernment, practical obedience, and distinctive attitudes. Patience, long-suffering. These, these things ought to set us apart. But as you pray for Faith Bible Church, as you pray for me, and as I pray for you, we want to keep these things in mind of, of uh, spiritual discernment, practical obedience, and distinctive attitudes of patience, long-suffering, uh, etc. there. Then we preached the uh, next Sunday, we looked at, and we saw, okay, how do I need to pray for Faith Bible Church? What do I need to do? You probably could go ahead and say, okay, we need a list. We'll put a list up here in the board and we'll check them off. You know, you could still do those things, but you'll be missing the most important part is, and that's the heart relationship to them. That's why I went to Micah 6.8, and what can you do? Well, you need to walk humbly with your God. You need to love mercy, and you need to do justice, or do justly, fairness, reasonable, right. Those are the things, because as you remember, Micah was talking to these believers, or believers, many of them were not, uh, there at, in Judah, and uh, they were talking about how they had sacrificed, they'd get, bring more sacrifices, and God would be pleased with that. And he said, no, this is what God requires of you, that you do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. As you go through 2013, if you, you yourself, you individually, or maybe you're leading your home, and you're, as a leadership in your home, and you're trying to work with your own family, to do what? To do justly, to love mercy, to uh, have these distinctive attitudes and things you have. But do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. They put those things into place. Which brings us to today. How, how can you make a difference? For 2013, how can you make a difference at Faith Bible Church? How can you make a difference at the place where you're employed? How can you make a difference in your family, your family unit? How can you make a difference? Let me read the scriptures and then we'll go to another point here. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God will open to us a door for the word to speak speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, 
that you may know how you ought to answer each one. I, I, I heard this phrase. I'm not making up this phrase. This is the phrase that I heard. Each of us has a circle of influence. If you, if you, if you think of it this way, you have this invisible circle, and as you move, this invisible circle is going with you, and sometimes it gets close to somebody else, suddenly they're in your circle of influence. And as you move about, you get in contact with someone else, they're in your circle of influence. For instance, Pastor Phil, for many of you that have teenagers, Pastor Phil is our student pastor, not only with the children, but the teens. The teens are in his circle of influence. But as he moves nearer to the parents, their circles intersect. And so you have a double-barrel shotgun working on those teens, because I know the parents are going the right way, and I know Phil's going the right way, to have those impact, because that's circle of influence. All of us have a circle of influence. So the question is, are you making a difference in your circle of influence? That's where, that's where, I'm, at, that's where I'm going with this. And as he, again, writing to these Christians here in class that he did not know, he's giving some, uh, I, I believe, at least three principles he's laying out uh, for them uh, to live by. I came across this uh, illustration of influence. Uh, Dr. John Getty, who was considered to be the father of Presbyterian missions to the South Seas, uh, was in the uh, New Hebrides, I believe, islands. He ministered there for 24 years, and on a, on a tablet erected to his memory was these words inscribed. When he landed in 1848, there were no Christians. When he left in 1872, there were no heathen. See, his circle of influence, he made a difference. He made an impact upon them. Paul gives us three principles to live by. We have no idea when people come to church what burdens they're bearing. Which is probably a good thing. Because there's some things we just don't need to know. But it's not an accident that they came to church. Uh, it's not an accident when a co-worker or another mother or father, they come to you and ask you something about child-rearing or ask you where do you go to church or what do you believe about God those aren't, those aren't interruptions those are opportunities it, it will enrich you in that circle of influence to have an opportunity to share with them, to pray with them as he leads you. But just keep in mind, it's not an accident these people are in your circle of influence. We don't know, I don't know what burdens you've come to the service with. But God is in the changing business. If you know Christ is your personal Savior, the Spirit of God dwells within you, you will be so discontent 
regardless of where you are in the birth order or where you live in the community or what your station in life may be, you have, you have a circle of influence. Sometimes there are people that enter your circle. Will you be ready to make a difference? And that's kind of what Paul does here as you follow through these verses. Uh, The first uh, two, three, and four, he talks about the importance of our prayer life. What can we do to make a difference? Well, first of all, in verses two through four, we have sincere prayer. I'm just going to go through these real quickly. He says, be persistent anytime, any place about anything. You can go any anytime, any place about anything. You can go in prayer and be persistent in prayer before a holy God. You don't have to be in a closet, but you can if you want. Nehemiah was standing before a king when he said, God help me. One of the shortest, probably one of those shortest prayers in the Bible. Be persistent anytime, any place about anything. Be watchful. Too often we start praying and we don't watch to see what's going to happen next. We don't look to see what God is doing. We just kind of float along and we miss many times the answers because we were looking for a different answer. Be thankful. That's a, that's a continuing theme of gratitude in the epistle. He's thankful for salvation. He's thankful for fellow believers. He's thankful. And then, then I think this is probably the part that's mostly missed with most believers is be specific. He said, pray for an opportunity and help me to be, present the message clearly. This is what Paul mentions to these believers. Be specifically. Here's two specific things I want you to pray for. Number one, opportunity to share Christ. Number two, that when I share Christ, I'll be clearer. So, sincere prayer. How can you make a difference? How can you have an impact? What's your prayer life like? The second principle, intentional walk. Be wise. He says, uh, behave wisely toward the lost. Few men read their Bible, but all men will read you. Don't just be a Sunday morning Christian. Every day, every day you need to be, be walking in personal fellowship with God. Be, beware, behave wisely toward the lost, for men read your, their Bible. Few men read their Bible, but all men will read you. Be proactive. If you notice in verse 5, he says, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time means to actually buy up opportunities. Here's the thing. And let me say this, I, I really, really appreciate how many people have helped out and volunteered to do different areas of church. It just is so significant uh, to, uh, even so you say, well, I just, I'm just an usher. You, you, well, you're a very important part of this church because you're the first person as many people meet. But I appreciate so much your willingness to serve in different areas. And, and it is... Uh, you know, they say 90% of the work is, work is done by 10% of the people. 
I think we have a higher percentage than that of people that get involved in work. So be proactive. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Identify the lost in your circle of influence and then go get them. So intentional walk. I'm walking with purpose. I'm going a particular direction. I'm proactive. I'm purposeful, on purpose, for purpose. I'm trying to please God and work with him and and, uh, glorify his name. The last principle is wholesome words. Verse 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Wholesome words. Let your speech, your words, always be with grace. Be gracious. Opposite of harsh, critical, sarcasm, or sarcastic. If that harsh and critical and sarcastic, if that's the kind that drips off your words, you're not being gracious. You want to have an impact in your circle of influence? Be gracious with your words. Words, words do hurt. We say they don't, but words do hurt. Be gracious with your words. The second one you'll see there in verse 6, be salty. Now, there's a, you heard the expression, they uh, littered their, their speech with pepper and salt, which means they used profanity and other things. That's not obviously what we're talking about. We're talking about be salty. It's, it's a preserving agent. It has the ability to ward off rot and decay. It often was rubbed into meat on the, on the ocean voyages that they would make. It's penetrating. It infiltrates whatever it touches. It's aggressive substance. Purifying. Salt is a... Is a you rub salt in a wound, it will cleanse that area. Promoting. Salt creates thirst for water. Pleasing. Salt blends and adds flavor and invite you back for more. You, you, need, you, you need to be salty. I'll tell you another. This is a... I made a mistake. What I did... Uh, this is a... This is one of the stories where the pastor was not the hero. A man came. I explained the, self, the plan of salvation with him. He was attending. Uh, he didn't accept Christ. He had... He said he had too many bad things in his background. He didn't tell me what they were. I just take him at his word. They must have been bad. But he sat there, and, he, and he'd never heard this before. He knew that he knew he needed to be saved, but he didn't want to be. And then uh, he had come, and, and he had overheard me say something to someone else. It was not gracious. He came back to me, I think, the next week or so, and uh, came to my office, he said, you know, Pastor Ken, I was that close. But I can see it's not real in your life. How would you like that? I made a mistake. I apologized to him. But he's not here. Now, do I believe that God could still save him? Yes. He's probably just going to have to use somebody else. Our words need to be gracious. We need to to weigh them because we want them to be salty to have them come back for more because they thirst, not drive them away. Be gracious. Be salty. The third one there in verse 6, be ready. 
that you may know how to answer each other. Are you ready? If someone came in today, sat down by you and said, can you show me how to be saved? Or can you tell me how to be saved? What's the saved business? What's that mean? You know the most effective way that you can witness for Christ is to tell people how you got saved. How did you get saved? I always try to have a bridge track on me because, like I said, I use that to help explain it so they not only visibly see it, but they can read it and they can take it with them. But if someone come, would you be ready to say the right thing at the right time? Each of us has a circle of influence. Each of us has that opportunity to make a difference. So we come down to this question. Whose life has been changed in the past year because of your influence? Whose life has been changed in the past year because of your influence? Are you making any difference at all in anybody's life? How will you answer that same question December 31st, 2013? See, I can't redo. There's no do-over for 2012. But I have this whole year ahead of me. And how will I answer the same question? God put you here for a reason. And maybe you've moved from another state or from another town or another city and now you have a different circle of influence. What difference are you making? What lives are you seeing changed and how are you changing to be more like him? To follow through that process of sanctification. To see Christ not only save lives but change lives. What difference are you making in your circle of influence? So I'll stand for prayer. Father, we pray as we come to you, we we seek to focus on you because of Christ. We seek, Lord, to have an impact on people around us because of Christ. We thank you, God, for the indwelling ministry of the Spirit of God that empowers us, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Thank you, Lord, that you have made us more than conquerors through Christ who loved us so. And truly, that song, as it says, in Christ alone, we are in Christ alone. There's no other way to heaven except through Christ Father, again, I thank you, God, that we can come at this time. And, Lord, I pray as we go forth, as we look ahead to this day and this year, that we truly will examine ourselves and that we will keep our eyes open, we will keep looking, that we will recognize those that we can have an impact on, that we can make a difference for Christ. But in the meantime, Lord, I pray that we will do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. If you're here this morning, you say, your head's bowed and eyes closed. Pastor Ken, I'm not saved, but I'd like someone to show me from the Word of God how to be saved.
Is there anyone like that? I will not embarrass you. I'll talk to you after the service. If you hear this voice, Pastor Ken, just pray for me that I will make a difference in my circle of influence. Is there any like that? Yes. Others? Yes. Father, I pray you give us strength, give us wisdom. I pray that we'll honor you, we'll love you, and we will continue to witness and be ambassadors for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.